sometimes we can have a a conscious or an unconscious model of this practice as being basically about getting calm, feeling calm. And if that's the case, then the, the moments when we're not feeling calm become a problem, you know, a sign that I'm doing it wrong. This is not how it's meant to be, you know. How embarrassing that I'm a, a mindf I'm training as a mindfulness teacher and I can't feel two breaths in a row. Oh dear, you know. And the Buddha's teaching is is far more realistic and compassionate than that. In that. He really identifies the patterns and the kind of entanglements that our heart minds inevitably get into and sees our practice with those as absolutely part of the path, absolutely integral to the path. So that what we can initially think of as obstacles become what John Kabat-Zinn calls the curriculum. You know, he says, you know, whatever's arising is the curriculum. You know? And there's something, you know, very kind of realistic and trustworthy about that. And about the fact that, you know, these, these, um, well, the, the Pali word means kind of obscurations. So things that obscure, and sometimes translated as hindrances, that 20, you know, 2,500 years ago, the Buddha identified these patterns and we can probably notice that we encounter them today. So there's something kind of very perennial about the factors of mind, the mental states that inevitably arise when we engage in practice or in actually engage in anything consciously. Uh, There's a kind of trustworthiness in, in seeing, okay, this is, this is how it is. This is the curriculum. And the Buddha identifies five of these qualities. The, the first being wanting things, experiences. You know, sometimes uh, translated as Craving, sensual craving, craving for something pleasant, lunch, cup of tea, siesta, you know, that walk, you know, the end of the retreat, you know. The, the second, not wanting, you know, not wanting that 
painful knee, that difficult thought pattern, this feeling of kind of lethargy, many different flavors that not wanting comes in, aren't there? You know, boredom, irritation, frustration, judgmentalism, kind of kinds of anxiety, shame, <laughs> you know. The third, dullness, sleepiness, kind of fogginess, heaviness. The fourth, restlessness, it's opposite, so restlessness, agitation, worry. The fifth, are you, are you getting these? Any, anybody noticing any of these at all? You know? <laughs> the fifth, doubt, which may be doubt of ourselves, so self-doubt, oh, I can't do this, this is too difficult, you know. Or kind of path doubt, oh, this is not for me, it's not all it's cracked up to be, you know. Should have done the tango course this weekend, weekend instead, you know. That kind of way in which when the other four get a bit overwhelming, it seems like the mind kind of protects itself by pulling away and saying, oh, not right, you know. I'm not right, it's not right. <laughs> and... You know, th these, these are four factors of mind that don't just come up on a meditation retreat, you know. These come up in our relationships, our work, our studies, some of you engaged in study programs, you know. When we try to commit ourselves to anything, isn't it the case that kind of wanting, not wanting, low energy, restlessness and doubt are the factors that obscure or entangle or obstruct <laughs> in a certain way. And they tend to come together, they very rarely come alone, you know, so the, the, the painful body leads, you know, leads on to a kind of fantasy about the cup of tea, uh, and restlessness in the body, and then kind of uh, thinking about, you know, how I, I can't do this, I'm a fraud as a mindfulness teacher, you know, and then we go to sleep, you know, and we can feel how actually uh, they kind of interact as factors of mind. and. Making them conscious, recognizing them, is the key first step to engaging creatively with them, where they become curriculum rather than obstruction. You know, to reckon, oh, this is doubt, you know, or, oh, this is boredom, or this is fear, or this is restlessness, 
you know, it changes the relationship with it from being just lost in it to actually being mindful of it. <laughs> the Buddha offers these as one of the ways of establishing mindfulness to to get to know these hindrances, get to know these factors. And and when we start to say, oh, okay, so anxiety is like this, or sleepiness is like this, or doubt is like this. Can you sense how it, it, it kind of, it's hard to be completely stuck in something that we are, are also interested in. <laughs> you know, low mood is like this, or depression's like this, you know. The part that's identifying isn't depressed, <laughs> or isn't anxious, or isn't bored. The part that's recognizing. Like the, f- the fairy stories where when you tell the goblin its name, it loses its power. You know, just to identify. Very, very helpful. Because what they tend to do is they tend to point to objects as being the problem, right? The schedule's the problem, or the queuing for lunch is the problem, or the not having slept is the problem, or, you know, my knee is the problem. They point beyond themselves. They kind of trick us into thinking it's something out there, you know. And actually to notice, oh, this is just irritation, you know. Because actually that becomes something then that I can practice with and, and investigate and find a skillful relationship with. I find the, the little acronym RAIN or GRAIN. You may have heard RAIN as Tara Brach and others describe it, recognize, allow, investigate, non-identification. I had the G for grounding, so it's the wholemeal version, yeah? So grounding, recognizing, allowing. Okay, what is it just to allow? Okay, there's, there's boredom here. I'm just going to allow that rather than get carried away by my story about it. Or there's doubt here, I'm going to allow a wave of doubt or a wave of grief. Or a wave of joy, wave of joy, you know. Just this kind of breathing with experience rather than bracing against it. Investigating, oh, how does this feel in the body? this irritation or this contentment, you know. Because, you know, we're in a sense working with, grain works for, for pleasant mental states as well as unpleasant ones. But just that question with mental states, particularly the difficult ones, how does this feel in the body? Where in the body is not caught up in this storyline? feet, seat, hands, yeah. The just reflection, I wonder how long this will last, can be very helpful, because when we're in a difficult mental state, it feels like it's going to go on forever, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, I wonder how long this will last. 
kind of allows it to change, allows it, you know, we can notice we in a grumpy mood and then go out and see one of the rabbits on the grass outside and, you know, suddenly the mood shifts, you know, or exchange a smile with somebody and suddenly the mood shifts, you know. So just sensing how impermanent these states are. And kind of investigating also can involve just noticing what story am I believing right now? Because particularly with with wanting, not wanting, and doubt, they have a lot of story with them. I'll feel okay when I get the dot, 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 or when I get rid of the dot, 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 or the story that says I'm no good at this, I should be able to get it right, been meditating for all these years, you know, just to notice, oh, I was believing that story, you know. So that's the investigating, grounding, recognizing, allowing, investigating. There's much that could be said on e- each of these, but these are just a few pointers. Investigating in the body, investigating the, the cognitions, the story. The end for not self, not me, not mine, just weather. You know. Can I let these moods and mental states that are obstructive be just weather in the mind, the weather of the moment? That like the weather arise because of causes and conditions and change because of causes and conditions. To allow it to be the passing weather. And with each of them, uh, often to engage their opposite can be very helpful. So particularly with dullness and restlessness that can be around a lot at the start of a retreat, with dullness and heaviness and fogginess and sleepiness, to do things that energize can be supportive. So an encouragement uh, if you find yourself sleepy, open the eyes. Look upwards. You know. Tune to the sense of light in the room. You, know. you might just stand, uh, sit like this, just f- for a few minutes, just with your arms raised, just to give a kind of energy. Or standing up. You know, please feel very welcome to stand up at any stage during the practice. I think I've only once ever seen anyone fall asleep while standing up, you know, so. Uh, so just doing that what brightens and energizes. You know. With restlessness, well, what's the opposite of that? Grounding, choosing a kind of single focus rather than a multiple focus. So, soles of the feet, soles of the feet, or sit bones, sit bones, or hands, hands. Just that earth element that Jaya spoke around this morning, that's very supportive for kind of calming restlessness. Not feeding restlessness, it's easy 
um, to feed it by, you know, constantly shifting and and moving or or staying quite kind of busy as we walk around the house, you know. But just the slowing down, feeling the soles of the feet, letting our nervous systems kind of down-regulate, down-regulate, you know, with, with earth energy and grounding. Very, very supportive. So really, a kind of heartfelt encouragement to you Firstly, just to recognize the hindrances are, these, these patterns are inevitable. <laughs> and they're not just a beginner's practice, right? Th- these are our common humanity that will occur in different flavors at different times throughout our path. The, the Buddha said the last hindrances kind of dissolve only at the very final stage of awakening. So we've probably got time to get used to them, you know. And just to make them part of your practice, you're not doing it wrong if you feel restless or bored or irritated you know, or confused or foggy. You know. That's not a sign that you're doing it wrong, that there's something wrong. It's part of the path. It's all part of the path. And, and to see it and to recognize it, to allow it hand on heart, for a moment of compassion, maybe, in the midst of it, being kind to ourselves around the, these factors. You know. But how can I then creatively engage with this mental state, the mental state of this moment? How can I engage in a way that doesn't feed it, but helps me to find some sense of balance in the midst of it, some sense of ground in the midst of it? So we'll uh, take some time for sitting right now, but if you'd prefer to stand, anyone who'd prefer to stand just to support wakefulness, please do. One of the reasons why grounding is so supportive is that it it tends to be a zone of or a region of sensation that's less charged with hindrance patterns. It's just there. So taking time really to receive and sensitize to the contact with ground.
and the uprightness of the body that embodies wakefulness, interest. Breathing in, sensitive to the entire body. Breathing out, sensitive to the entire body. This is guidance from the Buddha as a, can be a support and an antidote to the contractions that the heart-mind can move through. And sensing what anchors are most supportive at this time. Most supportive of presence. Steadying. Kindness. And at any moment, if it feels as if the hindrance patterns are strong, letting the anchors in the body support a creative engagement, maybe using any of the aspects of grain that feel supportive, helpful.
notice how cultivating a sense of gentle enjoyment of those aspects of the moment, the body that feel steadying, nourishing, or even just okay, just how protective a sense of enjoyment is from letting the hindrances really take hold. So enjoying the sense of grounding, contact points. the freshness of the in-breath. The release of the out-breath. A sense of unpressured space. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.